your eyes up, don't get all tied up Hoping you rise up, the multiple lies of the multi-faceted, multi-complex system of living that people are living Stuck in inertia, that's a diversion, government worship, instead we are searching Ancient mysteries, ancient history, sacred energy, and how to discern it Human autonomy, truth and philosophy, ufoology, human psychopathy, super anomalies, human ecology You got lobotomies up in your consciousness, all the thoughts that we've been dancing around The system wants to blow your candle out, but we won't let it, we reject it with our pathetic lies So we chant it down I'm your host, Loomis. This is Chant It Down Podcast. ChantItDownRadio.com is the website. This is episode 203. I'm your host, and today it's just me solo giving you a recording that I didn't think I was able to do. Uh, I told you the month of July wouldn't get too much done, but um, I have room for this recording. I'm recording to you in nature. I'm outside, and so you're going to hear the birds chirping, sometimes the wind blowing, hopefully not too much in the mic, but this is um, what I do periodically with this show is I'll do an outdoor recording just to give you a little variety, and you know, it often does this show, it complements the show. Anyway, if you're a first-time listener to Chant It Down, this is a podcast that I'm, I'm going to actually go through today, uh, a, a quick little uh, intro Uh, a little tour of the podcast itself so you know what it's all about and everything. And I'm going to do that for the new listeners. However, if you're an old-time listener, you might skip ahead. I'll put a a timestamp in the recording and in the the description of this podcast so you can skip to that if you don't want to hear it. But but now that this show is on the Fringe FM, I thought I would do... um, I thought I would do a little intro for those of you who are first-time listeners. Should be uh, getting a lot more first-timers with this, so I thought I would give you this for a little bit. So welcome to Channel on Podcast. We are about deprogramming from the deep program. And just to tell you what today's show is about also, this is episode 203. We're going to talk about CERN. We're going to talk about the passing of time. We're going to talk about portals and stargates and a bunch of stuff right after this little intro here just so listeners know what this is all about. But today, um, I just thought I expect a lot of new listeners to creep in, so I want to explain this podcast to new people and all listeners can fast forward, but if you'd like a reminder of everything, stick around. Chen it down. This, this podcast was born in 2013. I needed a place to put all the information inside me that has been festering for many years before. And I've, I've not been a big name or household name in the truth community, but just trotting along, doing my thing. If you heard me, you heard me, and, and, and that's how I, I did it. I just uh, recorded and uploaded for many years. And um, I never really tried to self-promote. I'm not very good at it anyway. 
I, I work a full-time job, I'm a family man, and this has to be a side thing that I do. So you don't hear tons of podcasts from me all the time. I'll try to do my best. I have lots of good stuff coming your way, though. But as far as like me giving you an episode every week, unlikely with this podcast due to the fact that, um, well... I am a busy person, and I have to fit this into my life pie that's cut up into many slices, if you know what I mean. But I started on Blog Talk Radio and worked for a while, but my audience was very limited there. In fact, sometimes I felt like I was just making these for myself, talking to trolls and bots and, you know, um, not reaching very many people. But I, I did it out of convenience. I liked the idea of doing live radio, and um, I may do that again. If on the Fringe FM, I might start doing a caller show once a month. I'm thinking that would be kind of cool. Uh, but in fact, it, it just it sometimes I just felt like, hey, I, am I just talking to myself out there? You know, it's a it's a large world, and it's hard to self promote when the world of internet is just so oversaturated. So if you just heard about me now, it's because I didn't self promote. But I I am I would consider myself an OG true speaker. I've been talking about this stuff for a long time. You know, I ended up doing um, it on my own. Years ago, I got away from blog talk, radio, moving my five listeners. I use Anchor for this at the moment. And it wasn't until really this year, 2022, that I started to branch out and meet more podcasters and guests on their shows. Perhaps you've heard of me through them too. But I've been speaking this truth since 1999. Um, I first guested on the Bob Tuscan Show in 2011 before... Before that, I was doing local activism and just trying to wake up, you know, uh, doing public speaking and doing screenings of truth documentaries. Before that, I was researching and trying to wake up those around me with very little success. Um, I'm also an ex-underground hip-hop artist. Uh, I pretty much left behind hip-hop in the 90s. And once I recorded my album, but I didn't get around to recording it actually until 2009, but as a collection of songs that um, basically if you read my insert, my CD, it's a collection of songs through a time of awakening. And if you would like to purchase my, my CD, my album, um, uh, it is go to the website for the store uh, and you can, you can uh, uh, you know, do that and buy some merchandise, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But if you, if you are in, in, enjoy underground hip-hop you know, in its raw form, and I'm a lyricist from the early 90s, so I, I've been doing it a long time. And, you know, uh, but, you, you know, I, I, I think hip-hop to me mostly died in the 90s. You know, um, there, there's some, still some artists to carry it on, but it, it's, it's not much of a part of my life anymore. But you will hear me peppering in freestyles and occasionally playing tracks from the album on this show. You know, and it's still in me, and it doesn't go away. It's part of my self-expression. But it's not what I focus on, at least at the moment in my life. But uh, if you like that part of me or you want to hear that part of me, uh, go buy an album if you like. Um, but so I met an insider in 1999 that set me on this path of speaking truth, including putting this information in my music and everything. And I've told that story on nearly every podcast I've guested on lately. And um, I don't really feel like getting into it. And, and you can get that full story here, too, on this the show. Go all the way back to episode one and listen, if you like, you know. And go to the website homepage, scroll down, 
And there you can see how, who I've guested on. Um, I've guested on many shows as of late. And don't hesitate going into the archives of the show and listening because three quarters of the episodes are designed to be timeless and the information applies now as it did when I released it. And sometimes I take a show too, and I, a subject, and I flesh it out. Sometimes I take a subject, for example, media mind control, I'll flesh it out. And what happens is I turn it into a mini-series. There's been, been been quite a few times where I did that, and that's how I formed a lot of my mini-series. I would just come back to them. So I'll, I'll list them off here. Um, I, I, I do uh, different mini-series where the parts are scattered through this show. So that's why you go on the website to the series of shows page, and then you can see you know, the order of the parts of these series. So one show I do is called The Real Skyfall. I, I, it's about chemtrails and I, I named it that uh, way back just because that's when the movie James Bond Skyfall came on uh, out and so it's kind of a play on the words a little bit of that you know it's falling from the sky but I have um, a whole lot of episodes in there about just that subject which I have some pretty good knowledge about luckily I've been able to be um, granted that information by uh, another insider <clears throat> Uh, the Beyond Earth series, and the Beyond Earth series is all about the uh, ancient history that's mysterious, as well as uh, ETs and uh, and UFO phenomenon. We go into into uh, exopolitics and all of it, you know, with a rational mind and with a, a strong mind to filter out the bullshit. Uh, and also the Journey Home series, which is about, it's a solution-oriented series basically about getting you on the path to uh, finding yourself, you know, and traveling, whether you do a trip, many types of trips, an inner trip, taking the psychedelics, or the outer trip, going somewhere, or just the many journeys you can go on to shake up your routine and realize that you're a human again. Then there's the True Awakenings series. True Awakenings are, are, are where I kind of do like seminar-like talks, stuff that I could actually bring to a stage and do public speaking at, you know. The, 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 the True Awakenings are a good uh, show for often beginners. Uh, the System Tentacles is my first big series of shows, and there's several ways you can do that. You can listen to all the... I don't know how many episodes there are. There's a whole lot of parts to that one. But basically, we're stripping the system off of you until you identify each part of the system that's influencing you, and you know you're not that person. So the System Tentacles is a great series of shows. You can listen to it that way. But another way you can do is you can go to my... Um, my YouTube channel, Truth Filled Trajectory, and you can watch a live stream I did with that presentation, and it might be more entertaining to do that than listen to all shows. But if you're just strictly an audio guy to, or a person, uh, uh, to go for that, then listen to the shows. There's more info in an hour-long show than the presentation I gave, but still, both are good. The System Tentacles is great for beginners and a good reminder for everybody. Then there's the Preparanoid series. That is me giving a survival show about you know surviving off nature and it's um, a good series of shows for those that want to you know kind of prep and survive I probably will start working on that show again uh, that series another mini series is um, raising kids in the new world new world order which is a three-part series I never went back to but basically it goes from you know 
um, choosing to have a child in the first place and, you know, choosing the right birthing, um, you know, home birthing and, and getting off, raising an off-grid kid. And, and my advice, uh, coming from experience as a parent, raising kids and um, good show for those that are interested in doing that, uh, you know, in this time. And, and, but we need, we need good people to populate the earth. So the, the raising kids in the New World Order. Then there's the People Beyond series, and the People Beyond series is all about basically who you are without the system. So after you listen to the System Tentacles, you go to the People Beyond series, and it's a really random bit of shows that kind of just goes over some things that, you know, you can, uh, you know, like outside the system information, and, and, and um, it's, it's a good listening experience. And, and then there's the Understanding Rebellion series, which we actually investigate and look at the past rebellions of of our civilizations and see how they worked and see what doesn't work and what does work and really look at you know all the false ways of of rebellion out there such as communism and ways that people think they're rebelling against the system when they're really not and that's maybe like a seven-part series so far um that's good to listen to and then there's the frustrated man and civilization series and that series is basically how you feel after a long day doing errands in the world and you feel frustrated with everything in the world you're sick of how it works because it doesn't work it's broken and um basically it's a good venting series you've all felt this way if you're listening to this podcast and you know you felt this way and it's fun for those that just want to vent it's not necessarily solution oriented as much as it is just a good way to vent so don't be afraid to listen to that one and then another final last series this mini series i have is Whistleblowers, Gatekeepers, and Charlatans. I only have two episodes in that series so far, but what that is is basically we're looking at people that are whistleblowers and uh, looking at people that are um, possibly liars, you know, and we rate them in a rating system that I created that allows people you to take a look at the basically, uh, you know, somebody and whether they're worthy or not to listen to or are they a gatekeeper of your freedom are they a charlatan or are they a genuine true whistleblower that you should listen to so i've done two of those so far but those are good but that's my mini series of shows those are things that i go off and come back to here and there at least most of them and you can definitely uh you know go deep into those for a while if you like Oh, and I also have the uh, Tell Live Vision Vision series. I guess I didn't mention that. That is about media mind control, and I have a whole lot in there, and that is a subject that I can never say enough about because the media is unbelievably uh, the worst, pretty much the worst people out there in the world, and one of your biggest enemies is the media. Um, they are the co-conspirators of creating this illusion world that we live in. So those are my mini series. And then there's guests. I have on guests. I like to bring on, you know, high caliber whistleblowers and high caliber truth speakers and, you know, anybody that I think deserves to be on here. Uh, I like to get um, good guests on and guests in the past have been, if you'll notice, I haven't had a real strong guest influence on the show as much as there is shows with me talking. And that has to do with partly um, trying to get guests on in my weird time zone in Hawaii, but also just not having the time. But I am working my very best on getting guests on. From now on, 
this show is going to have and has been having a lot of good guests on and we'll continue to go there too. But, and so there's, there's that. And, um, you know, I just like to bring on people that can make a difference. And, um, then there's standalone shows and there's more. And this one would be one of those standalone shows. And there's you, the listener. So welcome. Welcome to Chant It Down. And uh, if you like to support the show, I have t-shirts, Chant It Down uh, radio shirts that you can buy um, on the website. It will take you to a link. And you can buy uh, Chant It Down shirts, which have turned out pretty good. A few of you have gotten them. Thank you very much. And I also have a Waking the Systemites shirt which turned out so-so. I guess the graphics weren't quite that good for them to work with. I might work with a different printing t-shirt company. Um, I have some issues with this one. But for the meantime, if you want to buy a Chan It Down shirt, it's got my podcast logo on the front, and on the back it says, uh, listen to Chan It Down podcast where we deprogram from the deprogram. So, uh, yeah, if you like to support, that's the best way you can do it. And my links for this show is also uh, if you want to, you know, get onto social media. I'm not a big social media guy, but um, let's see. Well, I have started a Telegram channel with very few people on it, and that is Chen It Down Chat. You're welcome to join and and put as much stuff on there if you like, and, and you know, and and comment and start a conversation. I'd love that. Uh, but another thing is, I have an Instagram, and that is Chen It Down. And um, there's a place that I post, um, okay, more, la- more lately than normal, but most of the time, not too much, but that's a way you can uh, get a hold of me. Of course, my YouTube channel, Truth Filled Trajectory, uh, it's actually Truth Filled Trajectory, um, uh, Chan It Down Radio, but, you know, um, just, just Google up Truth Filled Trajectory or in a search engine or whatever, and you'll find my... Um, my YouTube channel, which includes a YouTube show that I occasionally do called Truth Filled Trajectory. And what it is, is me in a car with my dash cam and just filming things of various sorts, talking, various conversations. And so that, that's what you can do on, um, that's what you can do uh, if you want to see, some, and, and of course see the System Tentacle uh, live stream and a couple other live streams that I've done. So, yeah, that's that's how that's that's how this show rolls. And and I'm Loomis, and I'm your host, and welcome. And let's get into today's talk. Today's talk, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the passing of time and much of a trip. How much of a trip that is. And then I want to talk about CERN, uh, time manipulation, and portals. So we're going to kind of go in a several dif- different directions today, but it's all related to time. And it's just an interesting subject that I think it just sort of came upon me as I noticed that CERN is revving up to full power now. And that makes me think about time. And so it's it's crazy just life in general is crazy i mean getting older is such a crazy thing to me um i'm in my 40s now and sometimes i'm like how the hell did that happen how the hell did i get here you know that's just getting older um it, it, it time moves in a funny way where you're just not paying attention and suddenly like years fly by you know we live in fast changing times that i can look at my childhood and basically Nothing is the same from what it was when I was growing up. 
My kids are almost grown up. I mean, how did that happen so fast? I'm sure if you're a parent out there, you're thinking the same thing, you know. And um, 10 years ago, I was raising little kids. And now they're just about all grown up. And I talk a lot on this show about my initial awakening in 1999, like it was not that long ago, but it was totally a long time ago. But in my mind, it wasn't really that long ago. And in some ways it wasn't, and in some ways it was. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it, but it was a long time ago. I started this show nine years ago, uh, over nine years ago now, and it, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it was. And suddenly people are telling me I've been doing this for a long time, you know, like, wow, you've been doing this a long time. And I, I mean, I'm like, I guess I have. When I look at other people, though, like OGs that I followed and people that are, you know, are been in this long, I'm like, well, not that long. But yeah, it's been a while now. And if you have kids and you raise them, you realize how fast life actually is. Because when you're a kid, growing up, it takes forever. You know, you can't wait to get out of school and you just kind of, you know, want to, you know, have the privileges as an adult. But then, you know, it, the rest of your life starts going really fast once you hit the work world and become an adult. You know, high school to me doesn't seem like that long ago for me. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. But it was. It was over 25 years ago. Time is a trip. It's just a trip when you really sit down, reminisce, and think. And what blows my mind is certain times will never happen again. In other words, the 80s will never happen again. As much as they try lightly with bringing old movies back or styles or music, we will never live those times again. You will, you will never live those, those exact times. It, it will never happen again. And why that is, too... Not only is it you could bring back all the styles you want, you could bring back all the television you wanted and all the, the movies you wanted and all that, but there is something else you can't bring back, and what it is is innocence. You can't bring that back. We'll never gain back the innocence the 80s had compared to now. And I think somewhere in us there's an attraction to those times when things weren't so tumultuous and so complicated and so uh, tech-oriented as well, you know, there's a lot of us that kind of like think like that. I, you know, I, I do. And there's a simplicity of those times that we'll, we'll never witness again. No matter what you do, you're not going back to the 80s, you know. As much as um, a Napoleon Dynamite, Uncle Rico wants to go back to the 80, 1982 and relive his football high school years. Sorry, buddy. Not going to happen. But uh, sometimes I think that, that that is what people are attracted to more than the actual time is the simplicity of times before. Because we all know we're not really going anywhere good here. It doesn't matter what belief system you have, whether you're conspiracy-minded like me or you're completely um, uh, taken by the whole propaganda the, of everybody thinking that global warming is going to end everything, um, or you're thinking that it's the end of the Bible, or whatever. You know, I did a whole show called The End of the World, and it um, kind of covers all that, you know, the extinction agenda and everything, what people think. But you know, the attraction to that simplicity 
is something else. There's a simplicity to the old days that we can't get back, unfortunately. So, and, and so not to say that there is not unforgettable things from what that, that are now that are awesome. There, there is great things now. But to say that we will never go back to those times. The 90s will never happen again. You will never experience the 90s again. You know, and as great as they, those days were, you, you will not. Nothing will ever again happen the exact same way it did. It just will not. So I went down memory lane recently and went by the house I grew up in. And I saw all of the development around the area and where it used to be and where, you know, it used to be a lot more rural in the area. And now it's um, totally different. And I realized that those times I lived through will never happen again. As much as all that I have left is, is memories, you know. The new houses will never go away. And the world the way it was will never be the same. And I remember dark blue skies when I grew up. I remember looking up at the sky and seeing a dark blue sky. I don't see that anymore. I don't, I don't even, I don't know. Um, most likely due to the spray and the weather engineering, I assume. And I, I, I think that's true. But yeah, my, my, my beliefs, uh, my, my uh, thinking is they will never happen the same again these days. So it's just you proceed on. Life is a trip, literally a trip. It is. Your memory bank is uniquely yours. And no two people have the exact same one. Even if you and I were in the same place at the same time, we still made different memories. So we still had our different memories. And hard times are tough and we all go through them but when you look back you don't really you don't remember it like you did when it was happening you know yeah those days were shitty or whatever but you know you look at it differently and you honestly can look at it as like kind of like a, a a sharpening stone for your life you know and, and it just makes you more of a human life is about memories and, and in that way life is awesome i love my life you should love yours too. And I think that if you trust the process and try not to, to stress, you know, trust the plan, not the cue plan, but the plan, um, you can really enjoy your life. Life is an awesome journey that gives you exactly what you need. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a really good thing. You know, I, I love life. It's amazing. It's, it's awesome. And it's also amazing how fast the time period where you look good is too for the, for the or or you could say the prime of your life it's really only a short window when you have it all together right you get out of your teenage years where you might look a little awkward or lanky or maybe you're just not confident because you know um I went through that where you know I just wasn't that confident cuz I didn't know who I was yet and then you start to look good and you only have your youth for a little while you just, you just have it for a little while, really. And it depends on your genetics and, and how well you take care of yourself. And there's, there's that. But like I, I was thinking about, there's this um, Billabong model, uh, surfer girl. And she was um, kind of a big model for a while, I guess. And uh, what happened is um, she uh, got let go by Billabong because, well, 
they didn't say it, but basically what they're saying is that she's not um, in her prime anymore. She's looking too old. She's a mom now. So sorry, got to let you go. So you're only in that for a little bit, you know? You're only in that little, that stage of your life. And I like to prolong that prime as much as I can. That's why I exercise and eat healthy and try to, you know, get a good sleep and, and help that out. But still, it only lasts for a little bit. Or it's like when you see a, a movie or an actor is, is young in their prime and you can, go, it, you can go and look at an actor in their prime and then um, they're dead now. And you can see someone, you know, they have that spark. Or an athlete, you know, and you're watching them when they had that that fire, and now they're old or dead. You know, I recently I rewatched uh, Young Frankenstein from 1974, classic movie. You know, one of my favorites. Um, and Gene Wilder is one of my favorite old school actors. He and Richard Pryor. I mean, they always cracked me up as a kid, and and uh, up there with my favorite actors of all time. Until I learned what a schnozberry is, um, which is a penis, and then I started thinking like, well, I mean, maybe it was just Gene Wilder's line, but it, nothing surprises me anymore, right? And we shouldn't be surprised by that. But anyway, I watched him so full of life, um, Gene Wilder, and in these days, he was in many movies, and he was an A-list actor for those years, and he was totally in a lot of things, and then he disappeared from movies after the 80s, and suddenly, you hear he died like maybe five, six years ago, somewhere around there, and he was a feeble old man. So you can look at someone's life in film, and you can go back and see when someone was a, uh, a really um, in-their-prime person to uh, now dead. It's just crazy. You can look at a life that way, you know, in our modern times. And you can see people in their prime, and then you can see people in their, in their not-so-good era, you know? You can see someone when they had that fire in their eyes, and now they are long dead and buried. So I, I've said this many times, but, but look at the last 100 years of our, of our lives here on the planet. Um, 100 years ago, there was silent films. World War I ended, you know? Um, 120 years ago... The world was very wild. Much of the countries were still traditional still. Wildlife was everywhere, you know, and th things weren't so built up. And cars just began 120 years ago. Flying, human flight took off 100 odd years ago, you know? And there are people that used to be in my life who remember these times. My great-grandmother lived to 106, and she told me when she was alive... She told me that the sun shined differently back then. I always remember her saying that. And I thought that was interesting. But she died almost 20 years ago. But she was one long lifetime away from an older world. You know? As the, the, there's a saying that um, some people were losing the last people who talked to the last people that were free. And it's true. So... You know, the 70s and 80s seemed like a long time ago, but I was alive for the 80s and the very late 70s. That was my lifetime. But we have gone, so we have gone from VCRs in, our, in the house, which is such a big deal if you had a VCR and you could rent movies, uh, to personal computers, to having a personal computer in your hand and on your body at all times. And I'm not even that old.
And if, if I were to follow the trajectory of how fast everything started uh, being created, it's almost like we should have been driving flying cars by now. You know, if you think about like how fast everything progressed and how long has Wi-Fi and smartphones been around? Not even 20 years, but look how they've changed life in a short amount of time. Uh, I would say mostly for the worst, you know. But so is, is it feasible to think that, I know this is a little sidetracked, but let's just say like, is it feasible to think that some UFO, what some UFO researchers say that our, our technology came from ETs, that by the 1930s, the Germans were in space. Some people say that. I don't know how accurate that is, but to think that possibly the Germans created a secret space program, and not until the U.S. acquired people like Werner von Braun and scientists did the, they have NASA, and that's an interesting trajectory to think about, you know, that whole little thing right there. Uh, it's also interesting to think about the many timelines that maybe simultaneously are, are going on at the same time. I like to think about that too. So what if turning on CERN, we get into a timeline where the elites start losing and the good guys start winning? Well, you know, there's that, I've seen that kind of meme right now with um, the Georgia Guidestones being destroyed, which I thought, you know, I still have my thoughts on, I'm not sure about, you know, if that was done intentionally by them or was it done by genuine people that are, um, you know, trying to stop things, even though that's just blowing up their monument. But, you know, I guess it's a good start if that was for real. I don't know. But, okay, so, but there's different timelines, you know. I kind of think that's cool, but um, if that was the case, that the elites started losing and the bad guy, the good guys started winning. But I, I, I kind of doubt that because I know it's the, it's, uh, the world's being run by the dark occult and, and CERN is too. But time might be a lot different than, than we envision. There, there could be multiple Earths and multiple timelines, as you probably run into that before. And imagine, imagine if there's an Earth that's, that's had a regular 2020. Imagine this. That there's an Earth that had a totally regular 2020. COVID never happened because the elites weren't that successful. And, you know, what if there was that? And those people are just going on with life normal. They never had the new normal. And now, you know, it's like they uh, just went on. You know, what if when you die that you don't even notice because your soul drops into a, another continuous timeline version of your life. What if that happens, you know? When maybe your, your life flashed before your eyes and one of your timelines died, but the other one carried on. What if it was possible to time travel uh, and, um, you know, by, um, what if it was possible to time travel at, and, and uh, people, by doing it, are splitting the timelines by doing it. Is that happening? You never know. What about when you have a strong crush on someone? This is something I've thought about before. What about when you have a strong crush on a girl or a guy that has a, or vice versa, right? Or, or, or feel like you've met that person before. You feel that feeling like, I know you. 
You know, it doesn't even have to be a strong crush. It could be just someone you felt like, hey, I, I thought I felt like I met you before. And maybe in another life or timeline, you were with that person, but this life, you don't know them. And I've thought that before. You know, I've thought maybe there is a timeline when instead of a, instead of like a, a life that a, a, another life ago, you're with that soul. What if instead it's just a different timeline and you know that person in that timeline? This is an interesting thing, you know, just to kind of think like this. Some people like David Icke speculate that the elites have entities living through them and that they live much longer than us and that's why the elites die and don't get to see their, their dreams become true, their results. It doesn't matter because the entities get to, to see the results as they live through all, all their, their you know, people. And so time is a very interesting thing. It is a very interesting thing to, th to think about. So I think that tills the ground enough to talk about CERN. CERN now is firing up full power. And that always makes me think. Because the last time, I think it was the last time they, they were at full power, is when the Norway spiral, if you remember that, came over Norway. That's a very interesting time period when Barack Obama also uh, was getting the uh, Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> I mean, that's just laughable. But so um, a little background on CERN, if you don't know a lot about, because honestly, I've never really talked about it on this show. And I've been kind of like here and there doing research on it when I had the little curiosity. But um, uh the laboratory we known at we know as CERN was born in 1952, not long after World War II, and the emergence of the nuclear bomb. So, right around that time, and it's in Geneva, Switzerland. Switzerland, Switzerland, also home to a lot of elites and the World Economic Forum, and I think it's maybe possibly one of the New World Order headquarters, <clears throat> besides the Vatican, besides the Washington D.C. and London. Uh, CERN is an abbreviated title for the ancient god worshipped by the Celts, known as Cernunos. The name means horned one, and his stern image appears in various forms, usually, usually wearing stag horns upon his head, and he is oftentimes accompanied by a ram-headed serpent. His worshippers celebrated Sir Nuno's birth in December during the winter solstice as the Celtic god of the underworld. Underworld is possibly key here too, by the way. So why name something like this? And he parallels Hades and Pluto. Sir, Nonos, Sir Nunos controls the shadows, and he is a dying, rising god after the order of Osiris and Horus, uh, who was elaborately summoned by CERN, a cultist, during the time of the Gothard rail tunnel opening ceremony. And by the way, this ceremony was dedicated to Lucifer. And you can watch that on a YouTube video somewhere. And it's quite the ritual, um, definitely. Cernunos alternates control the world with the moon goddess Danu, which is also known as Isis, it's Queen Samaramis, just another name for that. Um, the 
the same person on the Statue of Liberty. And this intertwined and sometimes antagonistic relationship is similar to that of Shiva and Kali. And important that's important because it's the Shiva statue that welcomes people at Surin's headquarters. And what's interesting about the Shiva statue is it depicts the Hindu god in his Nataraja position. It's a, it's a cosmic dance that destroys the old universe in favor of a new creation. And this ritual is performed on the back of a demon named Ap Apismara, who is said to represent ignorance. So in other words, destroying the old universe. And that kind of comes about again and again. Has, so the question is, has CERN created a tear in time-space? So what is the goal of CERN, first of all? What is the goal of CERN? The goal of any collider, there's more than CERN, but this is the world's largest one, is to accelerate particles at incredible speeds and smashing them together and detecting the results of those collisions. And so CERN is buried 200 meters underground in Geneva, and it consists of a 27-kilometer ring of, sorry about the wind, superconducting magnets with the number of accelerating structures that boost the energy of the particles along the way. And the CERN collider is composed of some 9,600 supermagnets, which are 100 times, 100,000 more times more powerful than the gravitational pull of Earth that fire protons around a circular track at mind-boggling speeds. So it, it, and it hopes to find new particles or reactions, new information on how the universe works at a fundamental level. So I never really understood a lot of it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really not a science person. Like, I think it's interesting, but I, I never really um, dove too deep into, like, what exactly they're doing. They're smashing particles together and this circular ring, which you can actually see from above the circular shape above the facility. So um, the Higgs boson particle is what they found there. They, and it, it could become unstable at very high energy levels and have the potential to trigger a catastrophic vacuum decay, which could ca would cause space and times to collapse, and we would not have any warning to the dangers. So that's what one person says about this Higgs boson particle. And could it happen? You know, the discovery of the Higgs boson at um, this is CERN themselves reported on July 4th, 2012, the ATLAS and CMS experiments at CERN's Large Hydron Collider announced that they had each observed a new particle in the mass region of 125 GeV. I'm not sure what that is. But, um, you know, basically what the researchers say there, that they will soon make contact with a parallel universe. And that's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, 
out, so this is what uh, Sergio Bertolucci says. He is uh, one of the scientists at CERN. Out of this door might come something, or we might send something through it. He's the director of research. So you have to ask: Is that a really is that a is that a good idea? Is that really a good idea? I mean, you know, uh, is it safe to just go into these realms? Have, have, is it? I mean, you know, science thinks it's smart, but it's never wise. So here's a guy talking here, um, Mir Faisal, one of the three strong group of physicists behind this experiment said a while back, just as many parallel sheets of paper which are two-dimensional objects, breadth and length, can exist during a dimension, parallel universes can exist in higher dimensions. If successful, a very new universe is going to be exposed, modifying completely not only the physics books but the philosophy books too. It is even probable that gravity from our own universe may transfer into this parallel universe. If we do detect many black holes at this energy, then we are going to know it, know that additional dimensions are correct. And th so, have they ever asked themselves, what if they open up a portal that's bad and they can't close it? Have they asked themselves that? And I don't think that that's, they don't care. They're just trying to be pioneers and explore. Or at least the cover story is that, which I really don't think the cover story is what they're really probably doing there. I think they're doing a lot more than they're telling us, like everything in the world. Um, they could be creating, though, an Einstein-Rosen bridge, which is connecting two black holes, um, you know, between, uh, w like a gateway between two regions. Basically, the, the, the common... Uh, analogy given is that you know basically bending space-time and cutting a hole between the two so you can connect them that's the Einstein Rosen bridge um, so I think it's been done I, I personally do think that they have done and maybe they've kept them open and they closed them I, I don't know that they closed by themselves I don't know uh, but something's going on have you ever checked out the skies above CERN? And I think that's crazy because crazy clouds have formed above it while it's in use and it, it affects the area around it. And some have claimed that the Large Hadron Collider uh, generated a portal above Geneva. And um, some of the images are pretty, pretty extraordinary. You see these towering dark clouds filled with lightning and a rainstorm underneath. So is this where Klaus Schwab came from? Some portal from hell? Is that where he came from? Well, you know, can we send him back through? Let's send him back through. You know, according to the video, the cloud portal, uh, with a, this cloud portal above the, uh, uh, the CERN facility, uh, shut, was shut down, or it coincided with an emergency shutdown which happened after a weasel hopped over a, a substation fence, bumped a transformer, and knocked out the power. And that's kind of weird. That something that minuscule would shut down this giant facility. And that's not the only time that nature has shut down this thing. Uh, CERN also immediately shut everything down. They, they say because a bird dropped a bit of baguette and the magnet started to heat up.
you know, if I, I don't know, it, I guess it, it, it drops some red on a section of outdoor machinery, eventually leading to a significant overheating in parts of the accelerator. Have they not thought though, like nature, you know, haven't they made it proof of, you know, little things like that happening? Of, I don't know. So I think that those are excuses of why they shut it down and what really happened are different things. Um, so, uh, also just as you know, you may know or not, this, there's a guy named Tim Berners-Lee invented the World Wide Web in 1989 at CERN as a tool to allow scientists around the world to share data. So, you know, that it's a, it, there's more going on there than we know. But this is interesting, and this, this is something that I would like to do a bigger show about, maybe, if there's more to report about it. So the, the supposed reason, so this happened, and some people think um, it's the whole bird with the baguette story is just a cover of why they had to shut it down. But in November of 2009, when the Iberworld Airbus A3030, Three hundred allegedly vanished temporarily. So this is a plane. The plane was carrying 170 passengers and had been heading toward Santa Cruz, Bolivia, when it seemingly disappeared mid-flight. The plane was then reported to reappear roughly 5,500 miles away at Tenerife North Airport on the island of Tenerife in the Canary Islands. So um, it supposedly just this airplane this this plane just suddenly disappeared and so the time wave then continued until it made contact with the Iberworld Airbus temporarily displacing it in time and space according to the bizarre tale all 170 passengers along with the plane spontaneously teleported 5,500 miles from Bolivia to the Canary Islands where they were able to land safely, though, though confused. And it says the true story here of the Airbus or Air Comet 8333 may in fact be a little less extraordinary depending on what you want to believe. According to the Aviation Herald, the plane was meant to reform flight from Madrid, Barajas, Spain to Santa Cruz, Bolivia, but somehow wound up in Santa Cruz by uh, the Canary Islands, Santa Cruz de Tenerife. Reportedly, the crew had confused it too, though the story certainly leaves out a lot of questions. So, but did it happen? I don't know. But let's say that it did happen, and CERN was working full power, then they did. They were able to uh, do something that they didn't know they could, and they had to shut it down and blame it on a bird and baguette. And very interesting. And I think I saw a TV show about a plane that had this happen to it. I forget the title. It's just coming to me now, but the concept was good, but the, the show sucked. It, people were gone years and suddenly landed in the airport with no time lapse, no aging. You know, all their loved ones had funerals for them and everything. It The concept was good, but the show was just, it was like TV drama, TV melodrama, which is just, you know, you know you've seen it before. Um, but that could theoretically happen. It could theoretically happen if you found... Uh, Einstein Rosen Bridge. In, in another show, a movie that it's actually kind of kind of shows how this kind of time lapsing can work too, is uh, Interstellar. 
where the space crew finds a black hole, goes through it, and they go to a planet where every hour spent there is like seven years on Earth. So, um, so it's kind of interesting. I think it's one of the most realistic movies that gets into that. So are we looking at time travel? Are we actually looking at it? And maybe they have discovered it, and it's messing with our timelines. And we, I guess another thing we can't forget about, too, is the mock sacrifice ritual in front of the Shiva statue at CERN. And it may have been a hoax, but why there? You know, just people having fun, you know, making something, or was it a little more than that? And the question I have is, have they opened a portal at CERN or to another dimension or hell or whatever? Um, you know, if you go on to the biblical side of things, in Revelation, the Bible, it talks about a large abyss opening in the end days. And this essentially, too, is what Stranger Things is about. Uh, all four seasons of Stranger Things are basically about a portal to another world or they call the upside down. You know, perhaps we've always had these dimensions, but they got closed off on purpose. I mean, there is, there is, uh, I forget where this quote comes from, a portal for the old ones to enter. And maybe this is what they are setting us up for, you know? And, and is this, is this why they talk about all this stuff ahead of time? Like the Vatican would baptize E.T., you know? Are they preparing for announcing that something came through this portal, you know, but we're talking about tricksters and liars behind our, our scenes, so we always got to think a little bit more uh, critically than just believing even what the words they're saying, and believing that they're honestly just going to accidentally stumble upon uh, a portal and accidentally bring aliens through or something like that. I think that's, that's kind of ignorant to even believe that, you know. But instead of these beings, it, it, let's say they, they, you know, that they uh, say that what's happening is the aliens, instead of they came, came from long distance outer space, they came through this wormhole. And that's always, that, that's always what many have theorized on how many entities have arrived here is, is through wormholes. Because, yeah, thinking from getting A to B, if you want to go to, you know, even in traveling light speed would take super long to get here um, with, of course, our technology, but even uh, their technology, you know, we would have, they would have to have figured out something else. So to say the aliens came through a, a Einstein-Rosen bridge we, we, is a lot of what a lot of people theorize that could have happened. Uh, but perhaps CERN is made up, and they always have access to this portal where the old ones slip through anyway. And there's another thing, too. There are some people that say CERN is fake and that it's on a soundstage. And I'm not sure where that's coming from exactly. You can't, you, you, but um, there is a, a few things to look at. And I'm not one to go with a, this total elimination of everything just because we're suspicious because they're lying to us. There is a little bit of problems with that in the alternative media, and that includes the space is fake thinking, which I'm going to get into a show pretty soon. I'll say no more. I'll keep the surprises uh, uh, for you, but uh, we're going there, uh, but not this show. Okay, but this is what people say about CERN being fake, uh, that it's done on some soundstage somewhere. 
um, that you cannot find any one leader, a CEO, or entity in charge. That's true. And it is the New World Order super hub of the military-industrial complex for the World Wide Web. And so basically through compartmentalization, they just conduct their limited scope of work and no one really realizes what they're contributing to. Um, and that there's another one that you know CERN does not have 17 million uh, 17 miles of tunnels because there was no evidence that they were ever built. There was no big dirt piles when they were building it supposedly. But um, you know I I I think that there's other ways to look at that too. We know they can bore tunnels in underground, make underground bases. So why wouldn't they do that without the site? Uh, why why would they? It's it is possible they could do that without seeing uh, anybody seeing what's going on, you know. But what a, so that's CERN and and CERN is is firing full power. So we'll see what happens. I've been noticing some interesting synchronicities lately and interesting um, little things that are going on. And one it did start with the falling of the Georgia Guidestones. But in my personal life, I've been seeing some interesting synchronicities. But only positive things. So, I, I mean, I don't know if it even has anything to do with CERN at full power, but just keep watching for weird things. But what about Stargates? Do they exist? Are they real? And, well, I visited East SETI Ranch in the state of Washington. If you don't know East SETI Ranch, East SETI Ranch is a UFO hotspot, and where it's located is in southwest Washington, or south central Washington, I guess you could say, Washington State. And it's run by James Gilliand, and um, I recommend you listen to his show um, and get into his content too if you're interested in things like that. Um, I'm a believer that uh, it, you know, I definitely after being there, you know, I um, that is somehow that area. Not only the ranch is where the veil is really thin, you know. There's something about that place where you can see these crafts and lights there. Where you and strange things happen there too, where you can't on other places, and maybe Skinwalker Ranch is another place like that. Uh, but the veil is very thin, and a lot of people speak of that here in Hawaii, and I agree. The veil is very thin in some places where there's a lot of supernatural things that happen here and possible stargates, but I, I wouldn't know. Um, but we have the sun gate at Tiwanaku, uh, which is the um, Part of the site with the the famous Veracosha on the on it, and that could be possibly an old Stargate as well. Some people say, uh, but an, a one that really um, makes me think is the ancient site of Amaru Maru, and it is a doorway into basically nothing in a rock. Uh, Amaru Maru was the name of a very interesting priest from the so-called Seven Rays Monastery. According to legend, he was the flee fleeing the Spanish conquistadors trying to hide f to the hide the golden sun disk, the most important Inca artifact of all. Legend has it he escaped with the priceless treasure to the Hayumarca Mountains and vanished through the gate along with the shores of Lake Titicaca into another world he has never been seen again. Well, um, I know, because I've been to Peru, that the Spanish definitely used the gold in their churches, in their Catholic churches, 
but uh, the sun disk is an interesting thing in itself. I think this is the work of pre-Incas. I don't think it has anything to do with the Incas. This is this isn't there. They didn't have the tools to cut stone like this. I think this is the pre-Diluvian Earth. The Earth when the Earth was different, pre-cataclysm, pre twelve thousand years ago, when people built these megalithic sites, and the world was much different. But if you take a look at it, Amaro Maru. Um, maybe I should link in the show description on the podcast because this is just an audio, a picture of Amaro Maru. Uh, and I've talked about it before a little bit, but there are large gutters on each side and a man-sized doorway. And there's a small indentation in the middle of the door where it's like a little, little, almost a little hole and people use it, um, in a, people say if you stand in there and put your arms and legs a certain position and then you put your belly button at that hole supposedly you know you could transfer into another world well I don't think that's happening but it could just be that like the stone megaliths in Petra Jordan or those in Saudi Arabia where the, but they just never completed them you know they're trying to make a fortress inside of a rock um, there's no reason to make a doorway to get to the other side of the rock face you, you could just hike around it. It's, I think it's only like 20 to 30 feet high, but it's just this doorway. And maybe it has the ability to bring someone to another dimension, but it's been cut off since the great cataclysms of 12,000 years ago. Possibly, and this is just a theory, and this is just a working theory of my own. Sorry for the wind here. Um, possibly the earth was turned on at one time. And the ley lines activated all those ancient sites on the earth. And ha ha perhaps the Ark of the Covenant was involved in that. Or maybe the earth had a, had a shift from its um, straight up position to 23 degrees. Maybe it had a shift uh, to its 23 degrees tilt. And that's how these areas became deactivated. And it's just a theory. But, you know, I think the earth was much different. And it had energy running through it until this giant cataclysm that happened. And that's why we must have lived in a very, very different, unique place. And that's why we have all these ancient sites on these ley lines that I think are dormant power. I, I feel that way about the pyramids as I recently went there. And just to go over something that I totally keep forgetting, and I, know, I don't even know if I've said it here on Chan It Down, or just other people's podcasts, I can't remember, but I am doing a documentary on my Egypt trip and just kind of, you know, showing people a little chunk of the old world and what I think it was at one time. But anyway, it would make sense that these areas of Earth had a stronger meaning than just, um, than what, um, that, uh, they are now. I just it just feels that way to me. And there's other areas on Earth that, in, that include things like the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, there's tons of tales from that area, and uh, it's good to look at things too, like the Philadelphia Experiment and the Montauk Project. Montauk is interesting. I mean, there's no proofs here, but some say this. They say various experiments were conducted, including the creation of a dimensional a dimension portal that enabled researchers to travel to far-flung 
locales, locales as a result of their success. Researchers also developed a time tunnel in which contact was made with aliens as well as underground tunnels and brain reprogramming methods. Okay, there's no proof to, proof to any of that, but I'm not really sure what happened there, but that's what some people say. And a little more on that. One of NASA's spacecraft, the Themis, and cluster probes from Europe have amassed through observational data to confirm that a magnetic stargate portal exists in many locations. Usually these are found where the faraway geometric field bumps up against the passing solar wind. The result, the result is a direct pathway between Earth and the Sun. In March 2015, NASA launched its magnetospheric multi-scale mission, MMS, that among other things is tasked with studying these portals to gain deeper understanding of them. Most of the, these are small with short lives, though others have been observed as gaping holes with sustained lifespans. Opening and closing numerous times during the day, magnetic forces mingle, allowing their crackling energy particles to flow beneath, between the Earth and the Sun. These meeting points, called X-points by NASA, have been pinpointed by scientists using polar data. So, I mean, though, again, and then you can't really trust NASA either because NASA lies a lot and doesn't show us the truth. But, um, and you can't trust speculation either, but a lot of interesting things have happened with the experimentation of time. And so where we're at in this time now seems to be um, straight flowing toward, you know, some kind of crescendo, whether it's the end of the world. I mean, I don't think the world's just going to end, but it's the end of what we know as civilization uh, or a prison planet. But I'm not really one to go with that they're going to make their plans happen. I just don't think that, I think they're overambitious. But some, we are coming to a head. And I mean, it, you could say that's what I started this podcast in the very beginning to talk about is that we are coming to some kind of a head. Obviously, we are going toward times that are pretty uncertain. In fact, back before I even woke up, before 1999, I decided to quit the system because I felt like it didn't matter. None of this mattered and that it was all going to end anyway. I didn't know why, but I just had that feeling in my in, in my head to live now. And I'm sure glad I did because that's how I met an insider. That's how I woke up. But um, this time period we're in, we're obviously moving toward something. And um, it doesn't seem like what we're doing as of right now can keep going on forever. You know, I could be wrong because it's gone on longer than I've expected it to. But it certainly seems that, like we're going on that path, that trajectory. But we really don't know. But we are, I think they are messing with time. The Mandela effect is partly real. I mean, these memories we have certainly seem to be kind of overlapping. And I wonder if we're going to eventually find where, like, some of these things that we, like the Berenstain Bears, for example, suddenly go back to the other Berenstain Bears and we're like, and people start noticing. Now, if that starts happening, we really know that we're being manipulated with. So some people blame CERN for the Mandela effect. And sometimes I do too. And I think there really is truth to this Mandela effect. I don't even think they should call it the Mandela effect 
they should probably call it the Berenstain effect or something a little more relevant because uh, I don't even think the Mandela thing is the main one that people even go, wait, wait a minute, I don't remember that. But it's a very interesting world we live in, and I love to speculate on these things even if it doesn't go anywhere. Um, CERN is on to full power, and that is very interesting. Will they open up a portal? Have they opened up portals? Will they open up the, the abyss? Many Satanists and dark occultists talk about the abyss. So we're looking at, um, you know, the possibility of that. A tear in time space. Has there always been tears in time space? And have people always been able to transform out of these portals? It's very interesting. I don't have a, you know, answer. But perhaps I will dig into more of this stuff in the future in the future time travel but i think that's a good place to end it here and we'll just continue on uh talking about things like this once in a while uh and if you enjoy the show please spread the word and i could use that help spread the word and if you want to support the show you can support me by buying a shirt or buy an album or just put a tip in the jar on the website it all helps me be able to do this more often much love, you guys. I'll be doing soon, you know, um, call-in shows, I think, with the Fringe FM. I'm going to try to probably do that, too, which will allow more of an interactive once-a-month kind of thing. I think that would be fun on this show. Uh, as we go all over the place, um, pretty much from here on, I have a string of guests. But August, I'll be more active. Right now, July, uh, barely anything coming out. But it, I, I, I warned about that. But we'll be getting into much more exciting shows and different things coming on this 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 feed so um chant it down be a warrior not a warrior much love you guys coming from the perspective of complete freedom coming from wisdom outside the system and then some this is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten at this point in time humanity's been kept from the truth so chant it down radio offers the coordinates to a path out you're searching for something whole Cause what you see real life You're watching this world unfold The truth beneath the lies Rekindling what's been stole The need to free one's mind Uncover the truth exposed So people see the light Let's shut it down so we can know It's simple, we just break it down a little bit So we can process all Make the switch and elevate yourself to conscious mode And it's beneficial so we can get this kind of road And get the future Generators want to stop the whole thing But the message is this really we can start a post Taking in the simulator and getting lots of numbers Waking up the possibility to try to stop hypnosis Shh.